Hey hotties, I know that we can all use some extra love and adding a little bit of balance to our lives during these moments. Amber Janae has created a workbook to help us do just that. The Intentional Living Workbook helps us to choose to live our lives more intentionally. Amber says that she created the workbook that consists of prompts, affirmations, and exercises to support you living intentionally, even during times of uncertainty. It is her hope that this workbook will provide a sense of peace, clarity, and an immense amount of gratitude. She sends all of her love and virtual hugs responsibly and germ-free, of course. Amber Janae created this workbook to help us to be able to bring balance to our lives. This workbook can be found at amberjanae.com. That's A-M-B-E-R. J-A-N-A-E dot com. And you can connect with Amber online on Twitter and Instagram at A-J Scribes. That's A-J-S-C-R-I-B-E-S. Happy listening. Welcome to another episode of the Hot Girl Book Club. This is your host, Ingrid Marseille. And I'm Tamika Cage. And for this month, we read Black Girls Must Die Exhausted by author Jane Allen. And this was actually her first book. I'm just going to read a brief description in regard to what the book was about. An unexpected doctor's diagnosis awakens Tabitha to an unperceived culprit threatening the one thing that has always mattered most, having a family of her own. With the help of her best friends, the irreverent and headstrong Layla and Alexis, the former Sexy Lexi, Tabitha must explore the reaches of modern medicine and test the limits of her relationships to beat the ticking clock on her dreams of becoming a wife and a mother. All that to say that Tabitha is going through the same issues or pressures that society likes to place on Black women of a certain age. So Miss Tabitha is 33. A lot of the book took place within, well, not a lot, but some really good portions of the book took place within the hair salon, which, you know, as Black girls, that's one of our rituals, especially growing up. I feel like now we don't normally do it as we did like when we were growing up, because my mom was like religious. Every two weeks, we went to go get our hair done. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to theme this episode like the hair salon. So the intro, we're just going to be introducing, if you guys remember those magazines, those hair magazines, I don't even remember the name of them. (laughs) They used to have like everybody picture on the front, like Beyonce, Keisha Cole, and the inside of the book, they had like hair inspiration photos and stuff like that. So me and Tamika, we both selected a hairstyle to represent. That if we would be featured within the magazine, that would be the hairstyle that we would be. And we're going to give the history behind it. So, Tamika, did you want to go first? Yeah. So, I have a confession. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my, probably the only hairstylist um, I had in the DMV area that I actually liked. Um, I'm from Michigan. Michigan is known as the hair capital. Well, Detroit was. And then everybody from Detroit moved to Atlanta. I think Atlanta is now the hair capital. Um. But when I moved to the DMV, people around here can't do hair. But anyways, I finally found somebody who could do hair. And she used to do me and my daughter's hair. And she invited us to 
um, go get pictures done for us. She would do our hair for free and then we would take pictures for her. Mm-hmm. So I actually have them. I'm going to share them on social media once I find them um, this month after we we post the episode. Okay. But I, all I had was like a... It was given very Kelly Rowland without the weave. So it was my real hair, but it was a bang. Uh-huh. But if we could talk about what my dream would be to be in the hair magazines, because mm-hmm. this is like modern day, like simple hairstyles when, you know, black people started deeming everything ghetto, wouldn't do the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but my dream, I always, I wanted to be one of the girls in the 69 boys video. Like I was, I was very freaknik ex- inspired, you know, to be down there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I wanted like the finger waves with like, okay. <laughs> Some some shit fan in my head. I loved the French yes. roll. I had a French roll a couple of times. Um, that was entirely too grown for me to be wearing, but I had mm. a French roll. Um, and I really wanted to be one of those girls in that era. And I loved seeing those pictures in in the hair magazines. But my mom used to be like, "Oh no, girl, you're not getting that." I am cracking up because I wanted to ask you after that, after we both gave ours, I wanted to ask you what was the most embarrassing hairstyle that you felt that you had or most like what the fuck hairstyle that you had. And honestly, one of mine was the finger waves, but it was okay. So I look like Missy Elliott. So like I'm picturing this day, I went on this field trip and like I said, my mom, like we used to get our hair done every two weeks. So I started wearing weave, like, I don't know, pretty early on, like middle school or whatever. I would get like a few tracks here and there. So one of the most memorable hairstyles that I had where I was like, girl, what in the world? I had finger waves at the top and like halfway down, I had um, tracks. So I had finger waves at the top and I had straight hair at the bottom. And I remember I went on this field trip. I can't remember where we went to, but I have this picture in it somewhere. I hope I can still find it. But it's like I have on this pantsuit. So, you know, matching suits like the jean jacket and the pants was popular when we were growing up. (laughs) And I had like this silver metallic jean suit or whatever. And I had this gold chain or no, it wasn't gold. It was silver, like fake platinum chain or whatever. That was like a dollar sign, girl. I had that was my that was my look. I swear, like every time I think about that fashion, like I've always think about Missy Elliott because I'm like, girl, what were you thinking? But that shit was hot. I I rocked it for two weeks though. <laughs> <laughs> so finger waves would not be something you want to do in the magazine. No, it was it was too grown. I feel like I was only in middle school and I was walking around looking like a grown ass woman. Yeah, <laughs> with that hairstyle, like it was it was a hot ass mess. I you know I give it up because I was unique. Nobody else was wearing it, but at the same time, no ma'am, no ma'am, whatsoever. Um, I think I kept it pretty simple. I chose. I was stuck between the um shape ups and the fade. But then I also saw, so I went to history.com and got my hairstyle and Mm -hmm. um, Bantu knots was another one. Cause I think that's something that is, we used to rock them back in the day. Um, We used to call them China bumps. I don't know if you guys called them anything else coming from Detroit. I didn't grow up um, in Michigan. I didn't grow up seeing a lot of um, um, Bantu knots. Mm Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think I got hip to that until I went natural or when okay. I came here in the DC area. Like I didn't I didn't see that a whole lot. Or even the um what's it called a doobie wrap? 
Yes, yeah, oh yeah. We didn't grow with those either. <laughs> I remember seeing them, but like we we never did that. It's like, oh, you ain't unwrap your hair this morning. Like, <laughs> oh, see, yeah. In New York, we used to call it the doobie and the more safety or bobby pins, not safety pins, but bobby pins the better. Yeah, um, I went with, I, so I go with the Bantu knot. So I used to wear, um, and I don't think this would ever be in a hair magazine. Maybe now because the natural girls are rocking it like a style. But because um, back in the day, we never did like the whole head. We would do like um, like half. So it would be like kind of like Scary Spice where she used to wear them to the front or like twist back. Oh, and then it would twist no, we, into we a Bantu knot. Okay. Okay. Yes, so we did do the half. So that's a yeah, band tonight. <laughs> but we yeah. Okay. I'm burn. thinking of the whole head. Yeah. But we oh, did. No. I've, yeah. We. Yeah. Okay. okay. I remember those. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because so I was scary was... spice in my friend group. It was five of us. I was See? scary spice. <laughs> <laughs> Ahead of her time. But so this um, hairstyle, they say it's still popular today, which we know, especially amongst the. Um, the natural girls. It says, um, with rich African roots are Bantu knots. Bantu University trans, um, excuse me, universally translates to people among many African languages and is used to categorize over 400 ethnic groups in Africa. These knots are also referred to as Zulu knots because the Zulu people of South Africa, a Bantu ethnic group, originated the hairstyle. They also go by the name of Nubian knots. Which I have never heard of either of those. But <laughs> no, I've never heard that either. But it's good to see that that is something that we've carried over these years, especially being in the United States. That that's something that is still, you know, a part of our culture because, mm-hmm. you know, they tried to strip us of it. Yes, girls. I feel <laughs> like <laughs> they try to strip us and they try to take it on and it just don't work. Right, right. So that was mine. Do you have any embarrassing hairstyles that you were like, what in the world? Like looking back. Yeah, I don't think I have a picture of it here with me, but it's probably Mm -hmm. at my mama house. So I had this bad Easter dress. You know, everybody got the Easter dress. And later on as a kid, we didn't go to church as much on Easter because we went all Mm -hmm. the time. So I got to a point where it's like, we're not going on Easter because everybody who's showing up ain't been there all year. Right. Oh, but this was one of the last times we did it. I think I was either in sixth grade because sixth grade is elementary school where I'm from or I was mm-hmm. in middle school. So it was um, it was a burgundy dress and it had like this sheer mesh jacket to go over it with like the white cuffs was it was ahead of its time. We got it somewhere. I think we was down by like Flint or Detroit trying to get it. So I told my cousin I want this ponytail. My cousin was a hairdresser, like professional one. You know, you can say hairstylist, but. You know, mm-hmm. everybody ain't got license. She had license. And so I wanted this waterfall ponytail. And I think she got too excited with it. Uh-huh. Um, Because it was like a swoop. But then like the... It was giving me very Twin Tower. Uh, <laughs> it was... It... It just wasn't right. Like, they were like stack layers. You ever seen like the, the fig tree? I just got one. Mm-mm. That's the one... Let me it, it was giving me that. Or like the elephant leaf. It was giving me that. Okay, yes. Yeah, it was very much giving <laughs> me that. Um, I mean, I was still cute. I still pulled somebody that day mm-hmm. um, at church, you know, pimping don't stop in front of the Lord. But <laughs> that's the best place to do it. <laughs> um, yeah, so 
Yeah, that was my embarrassing one. It was it was it was trash looking back on it. Hmm. Any favorite hairstyles? Favorite? Mm-hmm. Oh my my cousin who was not licensed. She did. <laughs> this is for um Battle of the Band. So I was a majorette in middle school and high school and I went to a black school so it's basically like baby HBCU mm-hmm. so we had our battle of the bands and she did like some type of geometric twisty shit in the back of my hair where they were going mm-hmm. like all kinds of ways then it was like a ponytail at the top mm-hmm. it was a, we call them genie ponytail so it came down like down towards the side of my face but it had a flip on the end girl <laughs> <laughs> had a good night i thought i was everything <laughs> at that battle i promise you as i was thinking of my favorite hairstyles to come up with just now one of them was the flip like so i used to wear sew-ins by the time i got to um high school i wore sew-ins and when my sew-ins used to get old and the curls just would not hold you know regular straight down curls you know just the classic look i used to do where i used to flip them so I used to purposely curl them, you know, out flipped, but my hair mm-hmm. used to be layered. So I used to have like towards the front, it used to be shorter. So it'd be like cascading flips. Girl, I thought I was the mm-hmm. shit. <laughs> <laughs> I legit thought I was the shit and I used to rock that. But because the hair weave used to be getting old, I used to have to like constantly kind of comb like where my curls would be kind of like catching together. But that was one of my favorite hairstyles. I thought I was legit the shit <laughs> with my little yeah. Like So ends are always good. Yes. I wish I could. I can't wear them now. My hair is like so um, sensitive. My hair has always been fine. But I don't know. Like I used to be able to take um, perms just fine. I used to be able to wear like all of those styles. And now I'm like, mm-mm. Like the last sewing I had, I loved it because, I mean, you just wake up and kind of go. But when I tell you. She made it into a wig, and I prefer it so much better. I just need to add a band, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I I don't think I'm a sewing girl anymore. Yeah, my hair has changed too, so I have fine hair as well. But when people see my hair, and I'm like, yeah, I used to get supers every month. They're like, excuse me, because <laughs> <laughs> it got to the point where my hair was falling out, and mm-hmm. I went to a dermatologist, and she's like, you have cotton candy hair. Mm-hmm. You cannot do extreme heat. You cannot do tension. I'm like, girl, I'm mm-hmm. black. What you mean? That's all the hairstyles. Right. I think <laughs> I think that's the retention. same for me. I think that's the same for mm-hmm. me. Like I love like seeing like the new things, like the dreads and the all of these different styles. And my cousin be like, um, Ingrid, I don't think that's gonna last for you. Mm-hmm. Like the knot list or whatever. Like my hair is so fine, so curly, and literally it'll little literally like curl out of, you know, any style. So like I might do cornrows once in a while. But that lasts maybe two weeks. I can push it to three weeks, but by three weeks, it's time to come out. Like, yeah, that's why I do my own hair now. But as you can see, these ain't been in long. But I like and the stony braids. Oh, I'm in a bond, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all can't see Tamika, but she is rocking the um the bob. Uh, what are they called? Box braids. Box braids. Yes, like um Jada Pinkett. Oh, Jada. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we Ooh. could be here all night talking about that. <laughs> no, and I just look. My friend asked me the other day, and I was like, I can't even speak on it, you know, whatever, because my shit ain't together. But when I tell you, that was interesting, um, you know, seeing all of that. But yeah, so she has her hair like Jada Pinkett from Set It Off, which you know, 
was the shit back in the day. And um, I love it though. Like I like the look and I like that it came back because I like the mm-hmm. versatility of it. To me, I feel like box braids, short or long, is like a super dope hairstyle. So you think finger waves it. coming back? Um, the well, girls the big are doing ones it. Are coming back. Yeah, the yeah, girls the are still ones. doing it. The little small ones, which I think so. I don't know if that would because somebody else I don't I can't remember where they're from. They call it the pineapple freeze curls or something like that. I've heard that, and before. that's kind of similar <laughs> to the. That's kind of how my hair was. It was finger waves is what I called it, but it was the yeah, smaller the small ones, ones. Yeah. that were kind of yeah. So um, I don't think those would ever make it back. I feel like people with short hair generally doing like the finger waves that they rocking it like they're natural, you know, wash and go curly. So. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I definitely was looking like Missy <laughs> in a few videos for a minute. Yeah, I don't know. All right, so we're going to move on. I section this like you are walking through a salon. So if you have ever been in a hair salon, and not this new shit where they be talking about you got to come wash and blow dry before you get out. <laughs> okay, so back in the day, or if you go to a real hair salon, you actually get your hair shampooed by a shampoo girl or your your stylist. So right. <laughs> the first section of this is going to be the shampoo bowl. So at the shampoo bowl, we're just going to be talking about which characters we loved in the book. And the reasons why we love them. I'm just gonna start off and say that over Nothing here, it is a M- Mrs. Gretchen, yes. Mrs. Gretchen <laughs> fan club. Yes, yes, ma'am. She was dropping gems all throughout. I love Miss Gretchen. Miss Gretchen was living her life like yes. she fit in with the group from Lat, the last book, the Terry McMillan yes. book. Like she I was feel just like, she like was I'm old. Well, yeah, she was, but I'm just like, she is living her life. She's like, I'm old, but listen, I still got a life to live. And I just, she was like, mm. she's basically like, fuck them niggas. <laughs> she was like, I'm not about to, she went on vacation. She was finna fight the lady at the front desk because she wouldn't let her go get her nails done. <laughs> like, right. Miss Gretchen, I'm definitely a fan. At first, I was trying to say Layla, but Miss Gretchen really stole the show. Like, the advice mm-hmm. she was giving. About a nigga without a plan. I mean, mm, that 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 spoke to me. I think I highlighted that. That spoke to me. Uh, I was personally triggered by this book, but we'll get into that when we get to the characters. Oh my we gosh! Like. Yeah, <laughs> I, guess, I guess we will because when it was first suggested, I literally was not thinking I was going to be so moved by this book. But when I say for it to be a first time like debut novel, I'm I was taken aback. It was really good and it really touched on so many things. Cause I'm 31, about to be 32. And when I say I could relate to a lot of things that were going on, especially in like Tabitha. Tabitha was the main character, um, especially in her life. But even like Miss Gretchen or her her grandma, like they there were lessons that every character pretty much, you know, taught us like throughout the book. Um, basically mm-hmm. what they were going through. Um, I have dated a uh, Rob, um, you know, cheating ass nigga. I have dated a Mark, um, you know, whatever. And the doctor, we didn't really get into him, so I can't really say, but literally every part of she this She dropped book, the ball. You think so? I think so, too. I mean, you know, I understand running back to Dick and somebody that you're comfortable with, because it wasn't just Dick with them, but... 
she should explore that. First of all, I would not have canceled my date to let no nigga. First of all, you had your chance. You had mm-hmm. the floor. And now you got to get into the schedule because this is booked yeah, hello. tonight. Get into the rotation. And I'd have been like, look, I got something to do, but you could take me out on, on another night. First of all, I would have stalled. You're not finna pull me that easy after you done mm-hmm. acted an ass. You're going to have to wait in turn. Your turn, okay? So, yeah, she definitely exactly. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> since we both have Miss Gretchen as our favorites, anything else you want to say, like why you chose her as your favorite? Or was that pretty, that was pretty much it? She just, she is something I want to be when I get that age. I don't want to, I don't want to ever be in a place where I feel as if life has to slow down. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the things that kind of scares me about marriage. Cause I'm worried about, you know, getting married and having more children mm-hmm. and then your life becomes boring. My ex who we'll talk about in a second. Okay. Um, he once took me out when he took me to meet his sister, <laughs> And it was like a bunch of her married friends. Mind you, they bougie black people, which I'm be honest, no shade to anybody out there. I do not like bougie black people. It's a no for me. Um, I'm ghetto and I enjoy my ghetto people. But there's levels. I don't like you. Yeah, I was just about to say. there's Because some of y'all too ghetto. But anyway, um, (laughs) so we're there and just like the conversations weren't interesting. Mm -hmm. Like you could tell they got married. They had kids and like that was it. And I never want that for my life. Um, yes. But I believe that Ooh. you can do that inside of marriage um, and with children. But I just, you know, I have to find a partner that also agrees with that. Mm-hmm. Somebody fun. Um, like, yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Like when I was just looking at, you know, her actual grandmother, it's like I don't want to settle into these old bones. Like I don't be like, OK, I reached my 50s. Everything hurt. Girl, everything hurt now. And I'm still moving. <laughs> OK, <laughs> baby hurting, knees be hurting. OK, and I'm still pop locking and dropping it. Shout out to Huey. Huey Rest in peace. (laughs) So I don't ever want to be like, you know, at that age or whatever age God, you know, God or the universe allows me to get to. And it's like, you know, I can't do, you know, whatever. I still want to be moving. I still want to be fun. I want to be the life of the party. Okay. I want to be somebody drunk. I'm already the drunk IT, but that's the the (laughs) movement. That is the feel that I want to keep going. Like, I, I feel like I... I'm always laughing. I'm always dancing. I'm always being crazy. And I want to keep that momentum going. So it's funny that you said that about marriage because we'll get into that when we talk about her best friends, because I feel that is what one of her best friends did. So the next section is going to be dry or too hot. You know, when you go to the hair salon, they wash, Mm -hmm. they put that conditioner and they make you sit under that dryer. For God knows how long. And then when you say that you are done, they still say you got more time on the dryer. Right. You're like, no, no. Uh -uh, Uh-uh. It's time to go. Ears be burnt. Head be burnt. Everything be hot and burnt. But the dryer too hot is just talking about the drama, the characters that we did not like. And who was your top, like, most hated character? At first, it was Mark, mm-hmm. but we'll get into that in a second because I was mm. I'm triggered because um, I feel like my ex wasted my time. Now my ex wasted six years of my time. Oh um, wow! Okay, Tabitha felt like a year and a half. But mm-hmm. if you really step back and look at it, it's like you know it's it's sometimes on the other person. Because for me, if you're open or clear about what your 
what your expectations are, you don't mm-hmm. get that far lost in translation. So I'm going to take yes. back my hatred a little bit for Mark. But I did not care for what's the Lexi. Okay. Okay. And that's the, that's um, the friend. Okay. Well, I, say I didn't care for him. It was both things in her and Layla that it's just mm-hmm. like a no for me. So I, mm-hmm. I didn't hate them overall because I love their friendship. But Lexi, I didn't like, and I've had friends like this that they're like, oh, you should get married because they get married. Then they're like, oh, you should want to do mm-hmm. this. My life is this, this, and that. Then years later, it's like, oh, I don't really want to do this shit. Bitch, I knew. That's why I ain't fucking married. What the fuck? Oh. Um, <laughs> and then Layla. You know, I have, this is a full transparency. I am a, a result of an affair. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I don't call it a bastard baby because bitch, I'm lit, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I am a result of that. And to this day, my dad has been dead since 2005. I'm still dealing with the effects of that. And he's not even no longer here. Um, and I have a thing with with dating married men. And my mom definitely got the karma from that. I've seen my stepdad divorce her and remarry the mistress so that area is just like really really sensitive to me but I I really enjoyed how the book showed how Layla was like you know I was I found I was already too deep in it when I found out he was married Mm -hmm. you know and a lot of us get involved in stuff it's probably not marriage but we get involved too deep in stuff and then when it's shown to our face we're like oh shit but now I'm in love I'm already girl Get up <laughs> off my neck, girl. Get up off, get up off my neck. <laughs> I know you like that. Get up off me. Woo. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. Yeah, I mean, that's the truth. Um, whew, That is the truth. And then, whew, girl. Ah, okay. So, <laughs> I don't know who I hated the most because, honestly, coming into the book, they gave us all of these reasons why we should not like these characters. Or she did. But then she also gave us the reasons why we should sympathize with them or why we should be understanding or kind of put us in their shoes too, like, which we normally do not do, you know, as people. We just kind of think for ourselves. We never put ourselves in the other person's shoes when we're in certain situations. So I did like that. She gave us that. Because, like, Mark, Mark Mark was on a list, you know, whatever. Um, I never really put Layla on the... I don't know. She started tripping, though. But then it was like, you know, towards the end of the book, it's like, well, damn, you know, I feel for her. So now I right. So I think that I'm going to go with the doctor that she went to go see, the fertility specialist who was just really cold, making these jokes, really oh. flat out, like treating her like she was on an assembly line, you know, in and out. Let me take your money. You know, no type of... um Sympathy, no type of empathy, you know, didn't try to make that transaction warm. And I feel like when women, especially single women going through fertility issues on their own, that's devastating, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, there was no compassion there. And I think that, you know, something that we deal with, you know, with being black women in healthcare, you know, they don't treat us with any compassion. You know, they automatically assume that when we say we're in pain, we're not, you know, being accurate, we're Mm -hmm. lying because we're addicted to drugs, you know, we're trying to, you know, basically um, take advantage of the system. So the way he treated her to me was just absolutely garbage. And I feel like I was hoping that the the specialist, fertility specialist was going to be a black woman. So that we could see some type of warmth, you know, during that process. Mm-hmm. But she was so scared and she was so alone, which I don't, I, you know, I kind of question why she did it by herself because everybody was aware. So I feel like I would want a support system, you know, whatever. But I guess 
And then to me, it was supposed to be just a um, consultation. It was a consultation, but he just moved it so fast. Like, I mean, so what are you going to do? You're going to get pregnant. And, you know, I feel like that's how it is. Every time you go to the doctor, like the first time I went to go take my um, IUD out, which was hell within its own. I don't think I've shared it on the show, but me and you have talked about it. Um, I had a white doctor who it was a young girl. I've never seen her before in my life. And basically it was like, so textbook. It was like, okay, you taking it out. We put another one in, you know, what you're going to do for, you know, birth control. Are you trying to get pregnant? It's like, well, damn, you know, hello, how you doing? You know, you about to be in my vagina up in my cervix. And, you know, you just basically just running down this thing. Like it's a questionnaire and there's no type of compassion. It's just like, you're in, I'm trying to get you in and I'm trying to get you out. And I don't, I don't fool with that when it comes to my body or my health. And I felt like that's the way I can't remember the doctor's name, but he was Asian. And I feel like a lot of times that's what happens. Um, and I, I mean, I don't mind males in those professions, but I feel I like do. they lack. <laughs> really? I don't mind. You know, I, for- I wouldn't. Yeah. I can't do a male digging in my vagina, but also, mm-hmm. well, let me not say that I do enjoy men digging in my vagina. Um <laughs> I don't think somebody who doesn't have one can tell me what's going on with mine. Um, The ovaries and stuff may be a little different because that's a little bit more science. But Mm -hmm. also what I don't like about the doctors is at some point, some stuff is just not your business. Like, um, Wanda Sykes said this in her comedy routine like years ago. And she talked about how when you go to the dentist, they'd be like, you know, how many abortions have you had? Bitch, that ain't none of your goddamn business the fuck. So I felt like that when she was going through that, like, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to test and see if I'm pregnant anyways. When I come in here, I'm paying for the shit. Like, even if I tell you I'm not trying to get on pregnant on birth control, you still going to have me go in here and pee in a cup for a $60 pregnancy test. That's $2 at Family Dollar. Um, So I did not not like that. (laughs) Thank you. And then they, right. So, so um, you, you're going to run through it. You're going to run through it again. So ask me, that ain't, a, I ain't come for all that. I just came to dance. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Junior's motherfucking bachelor party. Bachelor party. Yeah. Don't be asking me them, them, them extra questions. But And those are hard questions. I feel like um, if you're not ready to talk about those things, especially like, I just, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes those are very uncomfortable conversations when you are talking about previous pregnancies, you know, whether you carry, you know, full term miscarriages and stuff like that. And I do, I understand, you know, the male, I personally don't mind um, because of, I just be like, whatever. And I really don't go to the doctor unless, you know, it's for my yearly, which I think is every two years now, you know, if you have a normal, mm-hmm. um, you know, pap smear results. And, um, yeah, so I had a male doctor for a little while. Um, I think a female put in my IUD, but after that, I started seeing a male because I've been going to the same um, OBGYN for like years. And I usually mm-hmm. go to a black lady, but she is so busy. Like everybody loves her. She's always packed. She always, you know, because she is so loving. Um, you know, I, I shadowed her for a little while when I was thinking about doing med school, you know, following my parents and my family's dreams. So um, I used to like shadow her and um, I remember one time we were in there and this lady, black lady, older lady was um, getting ready to do a hysterectomy and um, like it was one of these things that I've never seen before. She was like, do you mind if we pray for you 
or pray with you. Aww. And we sat in there in that room and we had prayer. And I was so moved because I've never seen anything like that mm-hmm. across the board, whether, you know, it's dental, regular, you know, um, body physical, uh, where, you know, like family practice or the OBGYN. I've never seen that type of compassion. Usually they're just like, okay, this is what you need to do. This is what we're going to do. We're going to schedule, blah, 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 you know, get you in and out. Any questions? And um, I was so moved by that. And that's usually how I go to, but I end up having a doctor, a male doctor in between that time. And and then also I feel like with the military, you get who you can get. Like sometimes, you know, when you go in on those facilities, um, they just have whoever. So over time, I have generally just conditioned myself to say whatever, you know, but when I have a choice, um, she's the person that I use. And she's the person that actually took out my IUD because I had to have a whole procedure where I had to be put to sleep and all of this stuff. So um, I think it makes a difference. And it really hurt me that he was just so dry and here she mm-hmm. was paying $2,000 or however much money it was. It was too damn much money for him to be treating her like that. And I right. didn't like it. So he became the person I did not like in the book. Okay. Cause I felt like she deserved much more. Cause my girl Tabby was scared. <laughs> she was scared. Yeah. You know who else got on my nerves? Who? Her mama. I didn't like her mama either. And I, wasn't, <laughs> I didn't like her mama either. The way she acted about that um, affair and stuff like that. I'm like, girl, you're going to have to grow up. You done got you a man. And from the looks of it, it sounded like he a real good man. Y'all living in D.C. Sound like he had some money. You had some money, whatever the case may be. So let it go. <laughs> right. Because cause I, I did understand. I like hate for people to be mistreated by step parents. And I could get where the mama was still holding on to something. But it's like. Either beat her ass or let it go. Pick pick one. Right. Like, you can't true. you can't just be out here like girl, you on the other side of the country. <laughs> and yeah. um my mom is actually still bitter. Mm-hmm. So full transparency, because she probably don't listen to this. If she do, hey girl. Um Mm-mm. my sisters had my sister's kids are much younger than my daughter. Well, the mm-hmm. the younger two are. And you know, after a while being around somebody like my stepdad, I met when I was really young and he told me in high school, like when I was five, I was like, hey, can I call you daddy? So, you know, kids just kind of pick up on that stuff. You don't necessarily have to tell them, but they they pick up on it. So right. my sister's youngest kids are calling the mistress now wife, mm. um, grandma. And my mama can't stand it. Mind you, they've been divorced. It got to be 10 years at this point. What, how long I been here? No, it ain't been 10 years. Maybe she got a point. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I'm not about to be giving people living space for free in my goddamn head. Oh, like, girl. Again, um, again, I mean, I, I don't I'm know. I just make some people. So it ain't <laughs> situation. But I feel so you. My, my mama's pissed. <laughs> You you said that about the stepdaddy, and it is so funny because the other day, is his name Carlos Miller? It's a black guy. I think he's on oh, one the, of them. Oh, the comedian? Shows. Yeah. He, 85 South. He is so cute okay. to me. He is kind of yeah. cool. I mean, Young Buck. That's who I think of Like when I look at his profile picture. But I've never really like looked at his face. I don't watch 85 South. but um, I want to hold his hand so bad. Girl. I love the funny nigga. <laughs> <laughs> he he tweeted something. He was like black. He was like black people. He was like, did your mama introduce you to your stepdaddy, or did you just wake up one day and that nigga was here? 
<laughs> listen, as a mama, it's just this nigga here now. Hey, say hi. <laughs> I don't, I can't get with that. I'm just like, I need an introduction. I need to know, like, I need to know. And it's so funny because my mom and her boyfriend and stuff, they just came to visit. Um, or her guy friend, excuse me. Oh Lord. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I don't know. I for me, but this is why I just want a a, a complete family when I do start having kids. So I'd have to go because mm-hmm. okay? I feel like the spiritual journey that I'm on now. I'm gonna be like Jada and Will. <laughs> Yeah, we gonna I mean, be, something totally different now. <laughs> and it means something different now than what we, but we always knew this since the 90s that, you know, they was, you I know, didn't the, believe the it. But you know what? <laughs> I can't speak. I can't say because I'm not in. But you know what? If either party was to invite me and tell me to sign an NDA, I'm down. I want to go on family trips too. I want to, right. I want to be at the I'm round table top. Right. Hello. I, I, would, <laughs> I would be down for, the fun and I would not say nothing. Right. You all need an NDA. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but but I feel like that's the type of like what what we know them as as far as like a family where they allow their kids to be open, be free, and be very expressive. That's what I want for my family as well. So I feel mm-hmm. like if I was inviting people into that space, into that energy, I would like to have those open conversations about what this person is, who this person is, and where they're about to be showing up. So I feel like I would want to tell my kids. Now, if they're like three, I mean, it really don't. It matters, but it doesn't matter because they're not really mm-hmm. understanding the concept. But if you're talking about like a teenager and stuff like that, then, yeah, I'm probably going to have that conversation. Like, hey, you're probably going to start seeing this person, you know, more often. This person means this to me right now, you know, and that's subject to change, you know, whatever. But this is what it is right now. Um, so <laughs> I feel like the conversation is important to be had. And you know, black women love a little friend. I know, an uncle. The show. It's never, uncle. yeah, boy. It's just a little friend. I, I never did that uncle shit, but it was like, this is my friend. Like, I'm still, this mm-hmm. is my friend. My daughter be like, girl, I ain't stupid. I feel like <laughs> we still do that. I feel like I don't have kids, and I still be like, to family, oh, no, this is a friend. This is it. <laughs> like, this is a friend. Until we talking about getting married and stuff like that, sir. Ain't no need for no formal introductions. So, right. Right. Mm, so we're gonna move on to the next section, which is the styling. Now, this part, depending on what you're doing, this might be the shortest part of your your visit. Just depending on what you're getting. But mm-hmm. usually in a black salon, when you're getting the styling, you're also getting TV drama. You're also getting gossip. So this is going to be the bulk of our show where we discuss the different um, topics, different things that kind of, you know, um, suck out to us in the book that were like, what the fuck moments. So I feel like every chapter, it was some stuff going on. <laughs> like, legit, yeah. it was 30 something chapters and every 30 something chapters had something that I was not expecting at all. And yeah. <laughs> um, For me, I think the biggest shock and I felt like I could feel it coming was the death of her grandmother. Girl, I it's like I could sense it. Mm, I flipped ahead by mistake. And the chapter that I stopped on at the end of the book was something about 
Grandma Tabitha's funeral. So I saw it and I was well in the beginning of the book, like well in the first 10 chapters. So I already saw it. So I was just like, okay, well, I know that she's dying. We don't know how, but yeah. I, mm-hmm. so. um, I really love the book because it, it, it gave you a lot of like life lessons. And like you said, you got to see the human side of somebody. So you, mm-hmm. you tried to be mad at them, but then the author gives you like, oh, well, this is why they're like that. Right. Um, what what stuck out to me is that she died shortly after she told Tabitha the real deal about her grandfather. Yes. And if you and, notice, go ahead. Oh, I was saying that my, my grandmother um, is 92. Mm-hmm. Some, she in her 90s, but I believe my grandmother is holding on to information that I think she should share. No shade. And I think that because everybody around my grandmother has died. So she's lost all her siblings any like all her friends. I think pretty much her and a few folks at the church. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think that my grandmother is ready to go. But mm-hmm. I think that she is being, she's still on this earth because it's things that she needs to speak out, mm-hmm. not speak out, but like release. Mm-hmm. And that once she does that, then she'll be able to, you know, go on to glory. But that it reminded me of that. Which I can't give you all that family gossip because it's, it's yeah. juicy. I ain't trying to put my granny out there like that. No shade. <laughs> but, you know, that's how they do it in, like, the movies. Like, it's always the black movies that usually when the grandma has told something, Big Mama is popping in my head now after she sat there with a ma, you know, whatever, and told him that he need to fix the family. She left and she went on to glory. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel mm-hmm. like... and. That's something that I don't know if it's like something that comes from like our culture, like our background or something like that. But that tends to happen. I feel like they portray it in movies. Um, I'm trying to remember because I lost my great grandmother in high school. And I don't remember if she let out some things before she left. Um, I don't know. I I feel like it happens, but I'm trying. I was trying to like tie it to something that I actually can recall, and I can't. But I feel like that's often like how they portray it, like in the movies and stuff like that. Like the person usually passes away after they let go of the secret that they've been holding on, you know, for forever, mm-hmm. or they get to see this person that they've been, you know, trying to see, you know, for forever, and then then finally they just go ahead and go. So, All right, the spirit be at peace. Mm-hmm. I felt like I felt like she. That's what you about to say. I felt like once she, you know, let her, um gave her the information about her grandfather in the time that she gave it, you know, because at that time we got to know Mark for who he really was. Um, and Mark is her longtime boyfriend, well, her boyfriend of a year and some change. Um, at that time, they're like broken up, you know, whatever. He comes to her and discloses all this information about his family and why he's scared to actually create a family because he feels like, you know, the things that happen in his family, the trauma is something he's going to pass on. That's when, you know, her grandmother says these things. But I'm like, she waited until that moment, you know, whatever, where it was like, forgive him. To me, it was basically saying, forgive him. He's human, you know, because it mm-hmm. when she said it and painted it. It just seemed like she always had love for the grandfather, even though he was this, you know, person that was, you know, had this addiction and was violent, which I guess that could be a lesson for us, but you know. <sighs> right. But 
you know, some people have more compassion than I do. I'm just not on the, you know, well, they had been through something. I don't give a fuck. They ain't got shit to do with me. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I try and have a little bit of patience, but I feel like after a while, like how the grandmother left, you got to leave people alone. You got to leave people alone to sit in their own shit. Because if you sit around people and shit long enough, your ass going to start thinking. So I just feel like... <laughs> Look, you ain't finna have me walking around here musty stink and all of this stuff. I, I like to smell good. I like to carry a certain, you know, energy around me most of the time. You know, sometimes I be with the shits. But <laughs> yeah, I just mm, I feel like there's a difference between being forgiven and just being allowing yourself to be anchored down to somebody because of their traumas. Yeah, because I felt like what Mark said was still an excuse. Me too. Um, me too. Because I feel like the right girl is going to come along and he's going to be like, oh, shit. I, Let me get I, my shit go- Right. I want to be with her. And that, that's how I feel about my ex. Like he, um, mm-hmm. our situation was a little different. We did have clear conversations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing that bothered me about Mark and Tabitha is that she was like, oh, I would see him on the weekend. We have our date. I'm like, that nigga don't be over during the week. Yeah, so, that wasn't like, enough. <laughs> right. And it didn't, I didn't really feel like they were together. I just felt like they had been dating for dating, a year and a half. Right. She was yeah. really lost. So that yeah. was not my case. I was with somebody. We had talked about marriage. At one point, this nigga had told my friends and then family that, yeah, I'm going to propose to her. But there were so many other grown up things that needed to be taken care of on the other end. And once 2020 started approaching and I'm like, okay, well, we need to start some of this stuff. The nigga was just like, okay, well, you, you know, you start like the plan. And I'm like, well, if I got the plan on this, the fuck am I with you? Um, <laughs> so that was, that was kind of it. But I, I did, and I'm probably still going through this period where I'm like mm-hmm. resentful because it's like, that was a long time in my life. Like I'm 33 and you know, that was some good years, 27 through 33. Girl, that was some good knees. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so you know, I'm trying to get my needs back. You know, Rona messed up my hot girl summer. Look. You know. Um. So I just, <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, that 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 triggered me. But I feel like a lot of that is on Tabitha's end. I feel like, I feel like he he never he was never yeah like she wasn't there. He was never clear. Mm hmm. The reality never really was there until it was like, okay, I've been diagnosed with this, this, you know, disease or whatever, but, or fertility. I don't know what you would really label it as. Um, but yeah, it's like, like you said, they weren't spending a lot of time together. And I feel like if they did, then the relationship would have ended a lot sooner because she would have been able to see, hey, this person doesn't want the same things, you know, that I want, or they may be considering it, but it's coming at a much greater toll than I'm willing to pay. And I've dated somebody like that where, well, yeah, I've dated somebody like that where one, it was the job, you know, they got to have this type of security. But I feel like that with black men, that's how it is because- they come from middle class or, you know, low, lower class, you know, basically where they don't have it. So they're 
they come from where they used to struggle or they saw, you know, their family, their mom, their dad, whoever struggling. They don't want that to be them. There's trauma. There's PTSD from, you know, growing up in poverty or whatever. So they're literally trying to, they put love on the back burner and they're literally trying to secure themselves, you know, financially secure themselves in these jobs, trying to earn like these titles, these type of statuses or whatever. And they don't think love is important until the end. Unfortunately for men, they can find love at any stage. Mm-hmm. Women, it's not the same thing. Right. But I've definitely dated somebody like Mark. And then, especially when he started talking about like his dad, you know, with the alcoholism and stuff like that. And, you know, how that really affected like his family. Um, I've dated somebody pretty much the same person, you know, whatever their father, their inf- family influence or whatever really traumatized them. And it's still traumatizing them. So it, you know, it's taught them to basically seek out those same type of relationships where they're not really valued, you know, whatever. Mm. And I can't help you with that. You and me, I'm I'm gonna treat you good as as long as I like <laughs> you and I'm fucking with you or whatever. I'm gonna treat you a certain type of way. And they weren't um, they weren't ready for that. They weren't used to it. So yeah, definitely. But I had to let that go. I didn't stay in it. <laughs> like how she was trying to hold on. I right, it's I like <laughs> I really appreciated that once she told him that, like it didn't take long for him to say, "Hey, I need to let you go because you need to you need to find somebody else." Like he Yeah. I appreciated him not dragging it on, knowing right. that he wasn't interested in doing that. Wasn't ready like that. Woo, when she went off on him on the in that car. But to me, you know, honestly, I probably would have did the same thing because it's like, why are you even calling me? Why are you meeting me up? Why are you trying to, why are we going to this fancy ass restaurant? But see, that's a part of that status. I feel like he was trying to, you know, play into this part. Nigga, you could have told me that over the phone. Right. You could have sent an email. Hello. You could have, I mean, we could have ate somewhere else, McDonald's, and you tell me that type of news. <laughs> because for me, if you telling me to get dressed up, you coming to pick me up at my building, you taking me to the nicest, romantic little, you know, tucked away spot, you know, in the city. You got so, the flowers. You got the velvet box in your pocket and you about to tell me, girl, I made a big mistake. Let's run away and let's get married, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So for me, I just felt like he was trying to people please. You know, and still keep her happy, knowing her expectations were much higher than what he could meet. And that, to me, that part wasn't fair. But Tabitha, she was gone off the deep end. Like It's like she wanted that that dream, that American dream so bad. And I feel like a lot of that was because of her mom and mm-hmm. Lexi. Okay, so let's talk about Miss Lexi. Sexy Lexi. Who I didn't like the way they talked about her body in the book. Because to me, it just sounded like she had a mom bod. Or like right. was thick, but they kept trying to say like she was just so big and I'm like okay well I have seen a lot of women like I've known in college and now they have like kids and stuff you go on social media and you be like mm, damn <laughs> um but I think that's okay yeah. I think right you know the thing is like the way we carry our weight and stuff like that like a baby is a lot I mean you've been pregnant I have not okay so I don't know, but I know for a fact if I was to get pregnant tomorrow, I'm probably putting on some pounds. And I wish 
somebody would say something to me <laughs> about how much. But yeah, I also think that if the person is okay with their body, I don't care what their husband, spouse, or anybody else thinks. If they are okay with their body, then that's fine. Because mm-hmm. um, my whole thing, I'd be like, oh, she's definitely like different. But I would never like if I had a friend or anything who's like gain weight. Like I do have like close friends who have had kids. Because I know when we were younger and we had kids, I had my daughter when I was 15. The weight fell right off. Right. And my mama said, I can't do that again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've seen, and I have those friends who've put on, um, who've put on weight, either getting older or having kids. And the only thing I do not care for, especially with me being one of the small girls, is that, you know, we'll be out, we're having conversation, and the whole time they're just... Oh, I look fat. Don't you think I look fat? Oh, girl, look how big I've gotten. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not participating in that conversation. You knew that. <laughs> right. Or I would never like I would never say that to you. Like mm-hmm. everybody ain't meant to look like a recovering crackhead. Like, no. <laughs> you know, but I'm not, and that like kind of brings down like the mood or whether or not I want to uh, spend time with you because it's, right. it's it's negative energy. Um but I believe if you're okay with it, you like y'all gonna get these rolls, niggas still checking. From, like, that's the energy that I want from everybody. I don't right. care if you 600 pounds, because if you watch 600 pound life, they, they always keep had a man. A man. And I can't they even, keep a man. Look, I can't <laughs> even get, I mean, them niggas be watching every single role. Like, them niggas be going hard for the women. And I'm like, I can't even, I can't even. <sighs> right. If you love yourself, somebody <laughs> out, there, out there is gonna love you too. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I could I could see where once you get into a relationship or marriage, you know, relationship weight, marriage, newlywed weight, yes, yeah, where you're just you know you're not where you want to be, mm-hmm. and that's the key word. You, I don't care what society says, what size you should be, as long as you are okay with with where you're at. And it feels like that once she realized that she was gonna be single, <laughs> it's like I'm I'm about to get on this bike. Girl, she she and that's that conversation she's saying about like the friend saying, Oh, I look big. Like literally as she realized my marriage is not shit. That's when she was like, Girl, I done put on all this weight. I don't even know who I am anymore. And I'm like, I understand it, but I'm like I don't think that I mean, I've had a relationship where I lost myself, but not that deep. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was still, you know, aware of certain things that were going on with, you know, around me and within myself, but I still did not have the, like, the strength to, like, leave. But honestly, Alexis, she, it was a lot about her because, you know, they had been together, what, since middle school, high school or whatever the case was. Mm-hmm. And she basically lost herself in this relationship. But I do love that she stood on it. So once the relationship was not what she thought it was and she took that ring off, she didn't put the thing back on. <laughs> right. But I love like that. Still. Yeah. I feel like she got to her breaking point. Like everybody has it. Some people, it might be one cheating. Some people, it's three cheating. Some people, it's a baby. Some people, it's three kids. <laughs> but she was like, oh no, it's it's a no. It was a DM. Like, I, okay. So say you were Lexus, you posting your new Mercedes Benz that your man just got you, which the whole time Tabitha and um, Layla were like, this is 
not it. Something is going on. How would you feel if you woke up the next morning after your birthday and somebody sent you a DM? That's why I do not like to be all flashy on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I ha- I feel really weird about couples who show a lot of like their love mm-hmm. on Instagram because then you find out you be like, yeah, this is somebody you know who knows them. Be like, let me tell you what's going on. Um, so I've always been leery of putting all that stuff on there. I am a firm believer that you should keep some things private. Like there might be a, a picture here and there, but like when I get married or when I have another kid, there's going to be a picture when I'm like six months pregnant and I'm like, you see my hand on my belly with the ring. That's all y'all getting. <laughs> People close to me will know. And like my whole Instagram now is my books. Like I don't put it. If I put personal stuff up there, it's in the story. So it's gone within 24 hours. But I'm really leery about that, especially when it comes to valuable things. Because mm-hmm. I'm growing up in the hood. I just feel like people want to rob you. <laughs> yeah, but you know, that's or, the thing though. Mm-hmm. Or people are going to ask you for money. And I feel like that's my biggest worry. People are like, oh, y'all got that? Let me hold 20. I ain't got it. I ain't got it at exactly. all. Exactly. Uh, yeah. But nobody has ever contacted me about a dude. Mm. I don't. So I don't I don't know how I would feel. Now, I've found out that somebody's messing with somebody else, but nobody's ever contacted me. You know what? I did have to make a few calls when I was first cheated on. Nobody told me anything, but I had to reach out. I was calling people like Shirley, but I wasn't <laughs> saying I was, you know, paying for everything. I was just like, you fucking this nigga. Mm. <laughs> I'm his girlfriend. I was 18. I'll never do that shit again. <laughs> I don't think so. My last relationship, I found out he was cheating. I did not. But this nigga was dumb, so <laughs> I can talk about it now. Cause I mean, he ain't gonna do nothing. He ain't be my ass. So, um, <laughs> so um, I needed to do some work. My laptop was down. I was um in school. I was doing like an online class. I think I can't remember. Or no, no, I wanted to watch movies. So um, and I was on a deployment. So you know, there's not much you can do or whatever. And um, movies is it, you know, watching movies, um, whatever the case may be. And I had a hard drive that had a whole bunch of movies. So I was like, let me borrow, you know, your computer. And he's like, yeah, cool, babe. You know, anything I would ask for, this nigga would give it to me. So I had, I should have known it was too good to be true. So anything I would ask for, he would give it to me. Um, and he was like, yeah, babe, you can get my computer, blah, blah, blah. You know, come and get it, blah. So I get it and I think I worked, you know, the work day, whatever. And late at night, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna watch a movie. I'm gonna go to bed. I open the computer and I'm just, you know, setting everything up. This nigga Skype was still logged in. And I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna look, but I'm gonna look. So Skype was still logged in and um I happened to see conversations that he was having with his ex-girlfriend. Now, mind you, we shared um a lot of things or whatever. So I already knew the ex, who she was, what she looked like and stuff like that. So I'm just looking through their messages and homegirl is sending him pictures of her pussy. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> clearly y'all niggas is still, y'all got something going on. I don't care. Virtual cheating is still cheating. My nigga, you going to get it your is. ass beat. So I noticed that she had got on while I was on a computer so I sent a message and I was like, hey, babe, <laughs> I was acting like I was him and I was carrying on with her. And I, you know, I'm a very 
Taraji and Baby Boy. <laughs> not necessarily, not not now, but I will go off. Um, you know, once my patience is very thin. So I think I might have had let him know that, hey, nigga, I'm in your Skype and I'm talking to your girl right now <laughs> at the time. So she, I think he reached out to her to let her know, you know, don't respond anymore because, you know, I'm on this bitch. We talking, we, we having us a good ass time. I'm trying to get <laughs> as much information as I can, you know, from this girl. But yeah, that nigga, I had me a new laptop after that, girl. <gasps> he did not get that shit back. It's still here. No <laughs> That's the only time that I think I've had something like that. And it wasn't her coming to me because she didn't know anything about me. Um, We didn't really post anything because I'm super, I won't say I'm super private, but I am very private when it comes to um relationships and stuff like that. So, you know, if you happen to see us out or like if you're like friends and we decide to do something with you or, you know, I may mention, you know, something that's going on to a close friend. But other than that, or you might see something that they're on the Internet, you might see a little interaction here and there. But that's about it. Um, honestly, I mm-hmm. think my freshman year in college, I did do like a few pictures and stuff like that. But other than that, I'm not doing a lot of that, especially not in that environment that I was in. So there was nothing really online about us. And, um, yeah, I, that nigga, that he was so scared. He left and went to, um, an assignment that was eight hours away for the meantime. Cause I went off. <laughs> As you should. Look, I'm not the As person. Yeah. I'm not the person to go after the girl, you know, whoever, unless, yeah, me it, unless it's some clear disrespect where I I know that you knew and you tried him anyway, then I might have something for you too. But honestly, I'm the woman, I'm going after the man, okay? He knew, he the person I'm in a relationship with. You didn't know nothing about me. And that, I mean, I literally had, I was so pissed. I had the strength to rip a like leather wallet or it was like a leatherette wallet in my hand. Like that's how mad I was. I was so hot. And I was like, this nigga got some goddamn nerve. <laughs> right. You know, my goddamn nerves. And you around here cheating. Like, I could have let you go. I could have let you been out here doing your thing. And I could have been doing my thing. But, you know. That be the, the issue with me. Like, just let me go. Because, mm-hmm. like, nigga, I have options. <laughs> exactly. A lot of them. <laughs> and you playing. Hello. You playing. Hello. And I think, I think, I want to say Alexis kind of started feeling herself too. Cause didn't she get on dating apps? Remember she, she got on a dating app while yeah. she, when she took that ring off and she realized, Hey, <laughs> I'm a hot commodity. <laughs> it's niggas that want me. And that's what her friend should have did. Her friend should have kept dating the fucking doctor. Cause for me, I had me and my ex, we broke up. We were like on and off for those mm-hmm. six years. And the last time I was like, you know what? I'm about to get out of here. I didn't even wait. Did I wait a full 30 days? No. Well, it might have been 29. Mm-hmm. And I was already back out here. And it's the best thing I could have ever done to myself. Like, the bar is literally on the floor. <laughs> and just seeing how I could be treated so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, a- again, when you start talking to people in the beginning, it's always the honeymoon phase. But Yes, and girl. Still, mm-hmm. I deserve mm-hmm. the honeymoon phase and oh, yeah. getting away from what I was dealing with. So I just wish Tabitha would have, would have, right. would have done that. Like you ain't gotta, you ain't gotta marry nobody. Just keep doing what you're going to do as far as your fertility, but date. I love what relationships. I love relationships. I love partnership. I love being with one person. Um, 
And that's really happened like the older that I have gotten. Like when I was Mm -hmm. younger, I used to like somebody enough to be in a relationship, but I'd be like, you know what? You just my favorite. I still got, you know, these two, three other people, you know, whatever. I may not spend as much time. I may not be having sex with them, but we're still flirting. We may still be going on dates. I may still be available, you know, to them from time to time. But now it's like, I don't have a lot of time to be dating a whole bunch of men. So maybe one or two. But I think I'm more like relationship based now. And I don't want that to come off like, oh, I'm dating to be in a relationship. But I feel like the momentum has slowed down. I don't have time to be ducking and dodging four or five dudes, (laughs) you know, trying to spend time with one. So therefore, make it a little bit easier on me. I might have to, you know, whatever. And then one person I absolutely, absolutely, absolutely like. So I'm not going to knock Tabitha for wanting to. But I feel like, girl, it's enough men out here to where you can have a honeymoon phase every 30 days if you would like. Cycle. Mm -hmm. Cycle and then recycle, girl, because they never leave you alone. They always come back. So you got to all All of them. Always, no matter how crazy they said you was, no matter how not Mm -hmm. getting that you, you know, whatever. They, they broke up with that ugly girl they chose over you. They came right back. Um, I, I do think women have, because I'm struggling with, with this myself, um, it's hard for us to serial date. Because even I, I'm, you know, I'm a Scorpio at heart. I swear I could have a roster. No, I find one person and focus on them until they get on my nerves. And then I move yeah. on to the next. Because I, I just think like to the next. Store, we store all of that energy within like our vagina. So for me, I feel like that the act of sex, I can't sleep with most of the people. I don't need all them people dumping their energy into me. No, okay? I can and do I'm that. Very... That's not my issue. Uh, well, that's, that's me. That's why, that's why I can't date multiple people. Because, <laughs> because I can't have sex with all these different people. I can't invite all of these different people. Um, it takes a lot for me to be um, comfortable now to have sex, too. I require a lot like the mind has to be connected i don't know what the hell happened oh too much goddamn uh romance novels and stuff like something happened to me and i changed and i don't necessarily like it i would like to go back to the savage um you know and have some fun but you know with corona and stuff like that shit four or five niggas is not an option either so yeah i just for me i i can't sleep around because i don't enjoy being at the clinic every month it's just a no for me like even if you don't have nothing you gotta go get checked out yeah. And I'm not comfortable doing that. So it's it's a no. But the Scorpio in me is like, girl, you know, let's have five this week. And it's like, no, girl, we can't do that. I wish but I it's could. a good idea. I wish I could. <laughs> I want to. You know, maybe in 2021 when the world opened back up, maybe that's something I can um, transition to and um, try to try to do. But I feel like it doesn't always work in our favor. And it makes me think about Layla. You out here being a hot girl, you know, she, she oh yes. hot yeah. girl. And then here she is, she got caught up. So, you know, is it really getting pregnant while being a hot girl is not the move. While being a mistress is not the move. Especially when a nigga is old, first of all, and he don't even want to pay you now, sir. <laughs> he told her to get rid of it. And I was not cool with that. I feel like if you are having sex without a condom. Then you, sir, there's a possibility. You know, there's a possibility because you're not, you know, 13. You're actually, however old, you're too old. Um, mm-hmm. You know, to know that babies are not, you know, something that could happen. And you definitely aren't going to tell me what I can do with my body. And I don't know. That the whole situation, I really was like disappointed in her because I'm like, girl, how did you let yourself? 
And it sounded like he was a has-been, too, you know, within the league or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ex- I don't feel like she was getting a lot of monetary benefits either. Like, no. if I'm, if, yeah, if you're going to do all that, get paid for your pain. I don't recommend right. it, but, like, I'm going to have at least eight Gucci bags, a few Birkins, a new Mercedes, or something. Like, we yeah. just... She was living at home with her be paid off. Exactly. Like, yeah, she had to. She had been doing that from. I forgot about that, girl. It's here's my thing. Let this be a lesson to anybody who's listening who needs it. Touch, <laughs> touch, and say, "Hey, man." Touch and say, "Hey, man." Um, <laughs> right. That's what I'm trying to think of. Listen, do not be out here dating and sleeping with niggas if you are struggling. Now, you could be scared to ask them for something or they are just not helping you out. Either way, just clank, clank down on whatever you giving out. It's mm-hmm. going to be a no for me. Like, it's, it's yeah. I can't be struggling and I'm getting screwed. That's, I'm being screwed twice. Shit. Mm-hmm. If you can't call him and ask him for help in a situation, whether it's monetary, whether you, you, know, you need him to come and help you move, whether you need him to do something for you, you know, whatever, at the drop of a hat, then he should not be able to call you up and put that pussy on demand, okay? So, yeah, I, and you, it took a while to learn that because I had always heard, you know, women say that, like, legendary hoes, you know, whatever, they always, they preach that, you know, don't ever lay with a man that you can't ask for $50, that you can't, you know, asked to do something for you and literally mm-hmm. Layla, the person who I was not expecting. I mean, the way it sounded to me, he should have had her in an apartment. He should have had her where he was taking care of her financially. If, you know, they were doing all of this stuff and it was, oh, you know, we're so swept up in love and blah, 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 blah. He's separated and he, he's trying to leave and all of this stuff. Okay, girl. Where's your apartment? Right. Cause she, the ball was in her court. You pregnant. It's right. like, okay. I'm gonna need a car. Hell, I'm in part for a month lease with a doorman. Okay? <laughs> right. Like, and he didn't make Something. that happen for her. And to me, uh, yeah. I was I was disappointed in Layla. I was disappointed. I'm not even gonna lie. Not gonna front. She really disappointed me. Cause I just felt like, you know, we met her, we thought she was just a strong, you know, character. You know, I I you know, march to beat of my own drum. I just fly, you know, with the wind. I do what I want. You know, these men are basically like my doormats. And girl, you got caught up. Right. Well, every everybody has their match. Yeah. So speak it. speaking of cheating in mm-hmm. a marriage, how you feel mm-hmm. about her daddy? Tabitha's daddy. Um, you know, I felt like he didn't know who he was when we got to when we got to Grandma the Tabitha telling, at first I was like, oh, this nigga ain't shit, you know, whatever. But I feel like once we got to the end of the book where Grandma Tab started telling uh, him trying to, as a biracial, you know, boy at Howard University, I believe it was, um, you know, trying mm-hmm. to fit in, trying to find himself. Um, I feel like, yes, he did love, you know, Tabitha's mom, but. Maybe him marrying a black woman or, you know, laying down with a black woman. Maybe that was to help him solidify his blackness. What if he, you Mm -hmm. know, I just feel like 
he didn't really love. I mean, I think he did love her, but I feel like it was more so it made him fit in. It helped him feel more comfortable. And then the thing is, when they had the conversation, when Tabitha came to her mom after she had the conversation with her dad in regard to why, you know, he cheated and stuff like that. Basically, you know, he cheated on Diane, too. But they were willing to work. You know, that's just the man he was. Um, So I don't feel like he was. I don't know. You know, I don't understand the whole thing of cheating because I'm the type of person um, that I'm going to leave. I think when I was cheating, it was in high school. Honestly, that shit don't really count. Um, <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't count. You don't know much about relationships in high school. Hell, you don't even know what you really like in high school. You just dating a nigga. And if he asks you to be his girlfriend, you say yes. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's how that just happens. So I feel like for him, like that was just who he was. He just was that person to cheat you know whatever like he cheated on diane he cheated on tabitha's mother and you know he basically was like she was the person that you know stuck around you know whatever and i feel like maybe if the mom would have fought hard enough maybe this situation would have been a little bit different so it's hard to really um say how i felt about it because i don't believe in cheating so automatically i just don't i'm not crazy about a cheater i feel like just leave you know, if you're, you already feel yourself, you know, developing feelings, you're moving out of this love situation with me and it's not working for you anymore. Just let me know. Let's, let's do something else. Let's try a, let's try and work on it. Mm-hmm. If we can't work on it and you absolutely want to leave, I'm not going to hold you. I'm going to let you go. I might be hurt. I might be whatever about it, but I feel like cheating is like the ultimate betrayal because you have choices. People have choices. You could honestly tell me, Hey, I don't feel like I'm in love anymore. I feel like, you know, I met somebody. This is a person I feel like I'm kind of connecting with. I'm thinking about, you know, doing something else. It's my choice whether I want to stay or not. Don't take my choice away, you know, whatever. And I've always been a big stickler on that. Don't take my choice away. Don't hold things from me because you know that. And this too, like somebody I recently dated, um, they basically didn't tell me the full truth because they knew if they told me the truth, Shit was going to change. I was going to leave. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not crazy about that. I don't respect people who don't give the whole truth because they know that that person is going to make a choice that they're probably not going to like. Don't take people. Like, that's the whole point of being a human. Mm-hmm. If I was supposed to be a dog or I was supposed to be something that where I was supposed to follow commands, then God would have made me that. But he made me a person where I have choices and I don't like, I don't respect that. So that's the thing that I did not like about that whole situation. How do you feel about yeah, it? I- I think cheating is selfish because mm-hmm. like you said, you know, um, you know, give me an out before you decide to do this. Mm-hmm. And like Rob said, you know, well, he was feeling a little way about his self-esteem or whatever. And he cheated to boost his self-esteem. You could have just worked on that. Maybe you could have moved out. Maybe you could have uh, done something. But therapy. I have to, to, to deal with that. And it, it had nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and now I, I'm feeling the 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 um the brunt of it mm-hmm. and even with with her dad what I did not like is that you know it's one thing for you to cheat on me but it's one thing for you to be having a whole relationship on the side mm-hmm. like I get I actually understand if people get drunk and they have one night stands but that well, might be a whole you know yeah but that's probably an addiction <laughs> problem <laughs> but it's more it's more so of like, okay, you made a mistake one night in the moment versus I mean, you, did, 
Not me. So if there's a potential, a potential <laughs> mate listening, just know. <laughs> but you it's different when it's me. like a, a, a deliberate choice, like over and over. Like you paying somebody. I'm saying they're both bad, mm-hmm. but I'm willing to work with somebody or may need somebody to work with me. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> but if you like are out here, you got a second family and like you just come to me and you're like, well, I'm just going to be with her. And I'm like, who the fuck is her? Yeah. And it's crazy because my stepmother is Diane. <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was, it was crazy how just kind of reading this and, and going through it. But mm-hmm. to me, that's like the worst for you to be carrying on and doing all that because it's no longer in the moment. Like you are making a deliberate choice. And I think right. it's selfish. And you planning I did not like. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. And then she Tabitha said how they struggled after that. Mm hmm. And like your child is struggling, like. But I think that no. was kind of her mom too. I think that if her mom would have kind of put her, put Tabitha first in the situation versus her feelings of I've been betrayed, I've been you know betrayed or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe the situ- living situation would have been a little bit different. But what I didn't like about her mom, and it's because of the way I was raised. I wasn't raised to wait on a man. I wasn't raised mm. to allow mm. a man to solely take care of me. So I mm-hmm. feel like because of that's the mindset that her mom was in, she didn't get her life back together until she met the general, you know. And I feel like that's a bad example to make for a young woman, like a woman growing up. I feel like, especially now, black men don't respect us. They don't love us, you know, whatever. Um and I'm not going to say all black men, but I feel like black women, they need to find themselves, you know, for themselves separate of a man. They need to establish themselves financially, spiritually, emotionally, all of these things. And I feel like her mom was not that. I don't feel like her mom embodied a strong black woman to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel that. like she's once she got to D.C., she mm-hmm. was still on that. Somebody else was taking care of her again. Mm-hmm. Now, some people, that's the lifestyle they want to live. I could have a sugar daddy pop over here now. I ain't quit my job. Or if you're giving me money, I'm stacking a lot of it. Or I'm going to, to school or, or something. I'm just not going to sit on my ass and just right. be taken care of. Because, one, you you could just up and die. <laughs> or you could Two, decide you could leave me for the next. Mm-hmm. You're right. So there, there's too many factors in my livelihood is just not up for negotiation on those terms. Exactly. Which made me just think about Tabitha and Mark. I'm thinking about the conversation where they were at the you know dinner table. And to me, I love that eventually she just established this thing. None of this is up for negotiation. This is what I want. But mm-hmm. I was thinking that we were not going to get there. When he was asking her those questions about, you know, um, freezing the eggs and stuff like that, <laughs> I was like, oh, girl, this is not going the way I thought it was going to go. <laughs> I thought he was going to propose. So I thought he was going to be like, yeah, I'm sorry. I was tripping. Mm-hmm. I want to work on this. I'm not where I need to be, but I'm willing to learn because I can't be without you. Mm. But it was it was a no. <laughs> yeah, it was a no. It was, and you know, some of the advice that her friends were were given was a no for me too. Because if you remember, immediately when she called and she told her friends about the whole situation, they were like, "Oh, girl, you need to skip your birth control." You remember that? Yeah, I did not like that. Mm-hmm. I did not like that. I recently read my friend sent me this sent me this story, and it was a girl. I think it was in the UK, based on how the words were spelled, but. She was like, you know, 
me and my boyfriend were dating, but he started liking somebody else. So she was like, I gave him a date rate drug and then I had sex with him twice that night. Then I got pregnant and then he ended up stopped pursuing that girl. He pursued me. We got married. We've been together. We got two kids. She's like, I feel bad about it, but I got the family that I wanted. And I hope that she doesn't sleep well at night because <laughs> that know, is a horrible thing to do. It is, but I feel like that's a common thing. And I feel like men do it too. Really? Yeah. You know, no, I feel, I men do feel like, with yeah. Men all the time. I feel like it happens on both sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. you right. That trap men is men that do that shit too. And, um, condola <laughs> while we talking about <laughs> 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 No, I'm still hurt about Insecure, I do not appreciate the way they did me like that. Like, I was rooting for Lawrence and Issa, but I do feel like men and women do it. And when her friends were telling her that, I was like, oh my God, this is terrible advice. This is terrible advice. Please don't do this. And I think that's what happened anyway, but you know, I don't want to. Yeah. Are you watching May I Destroy You on HBO? It used to come on right after Insecure, but they moved it to Mondays. I watched the first episode and I'm glad they did because um, I missed it because the way Insecure was happening where that 30 minutes was going by so fast, I would rewatch the episode directly after I watched the wind down. So that would make mm-hmm. this mad destroy you. Now I have seen the first episode and the flashbacks and stuff made me feel like it was going to be a little bit triggering. It so is. So I have not... It is. So I haven't dived into it. I feel like I'm not in the mental space right now because I have <laughs> a lot. Um, well, not even a lot. Let me not say that. Let me, let me not put that on myself. But I feel like I have to watch it when I know that um immediately going to be going into some good energy, whether it's spending time with you know friends or whatever, or doing something that's going to make me happy. Um, because sitting in this house, <laughs> I do not want to be sitting in my feelings. And um yeah. So I, I haven't really dived into it, but I did watch the first episode. I did see some things that did look very disturbing to me. So I am going to watch mm-hmm. it because I really do like, um, what is her? How do you pronounce her name? Michaela? Michaela. Michaela okay, Cole. Michaela. Yes, I do like her. Um, I think she's incredibly funny and I love the whole story that's coming out now in regard to like what Netflix was offering her, you know, mm-hmm. turn the show over and she was like, no, you know. Um, because she wanted to own it. So um, I do want to support, but I think that I have to be in the mental space to watch it. So, Yeah, it's it's very triggering. There's a lot of sexual assault. Um, the last episode that came on, what's today? Tuesday. Episode five I just watched and it was very triggering for me. Um, but, I, you know, I was able to get, get through it. Um, but episode three is, I consider it a standalone episode, but it's it's very it's funny. It's one of the lighthearted ones. So if you want to just check out, because I had my friends cracking up that night, like I was like, they really doing this on HBO. So that one's not that bad, but mm-hmm. episode two and four, no. But in episode four, and the reason I brought this up is because they dive into the issue when men slip off the condom and don't tell the woman. And in the UK, that is considered rape. Here it is not. It needs to be and yeah, it needs to be. It's a violation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's why I brought it up. But um, 
Yeah. Just I, I check out it. episode three if you need a laugh. Because okay. I was just like, what is this? It These niggas is wild. <laughs> I'm going to watch it tonight. Um, but yeah, that's see, that's the thing. And not only... I mean, pregnancy is an option, you know, that can come from that or a result that can come from that. But STDs too. Mm-hmm. And you out here, you know, being wild, being, you know, hoish, and you doing things that are exposing me too um, and putting me in danger. So, yeah, I, look, I ain't got mm, ain't much, too much I can say about it. <laughs> Not too right. Niggas be doing the most. And that's why I can't get my Scorpio on. Yeah. I, and that's another reason, like, I feel like when, when I was younger and I didn't know as much, it was much easier for me to sleep around. But knowing all that I know right now, it's so hard for me. Because I feel like niggas haven't evolved. Niggas is still trash, you know, whatever. It's, it's mm-hmm. some good men out there, but I'm talking about niggas. They are still, <laughs> like, they still out here doing fly, you know, fly shit or whatever, stuff that cannot be... Stuff that you really just can't trust. And I'm just like, it's just way too much going on out here. First of all, you know, we got Corona out here. Ain't no telling whether he was at, you know, the compound, you know, in Atlanta. In the mother- you know, <laughs> acting an ass, you know, while all of this is going on. There's no telling, you know, who else he's sleeping with. Because I always factor that in too. You know, if you and your person are safe, think about the person. If he's sleeping with a trash ass female because they exist as well, you know, I don't, mm-hmm. you know, it's not gender specific when I say people are just literally trash. Um, you know, and she's not taking care of herself. She's not taking her, care of her body. She's doing, you know, whatever the case may be. I mean, that just opens you up to a world of trouble and I ain't got time for none and of that And we both stuff. live in two areas with very high HIV rates. Yes. And it continues so to it's rise. A yeah. I, mm-hmm. you know... If there was no such thing as all of these terrible things that scared me from doing it, then I would do it. Because I used to preach about, before I even really understood what free love was, I used to be the person to really be expressive in that. And now I'm like, "Mm -mm. nope, I need one person, (laughs) maybe two. And that's that's about it. I can't can't do it. Got a nigga, but I think I have another. (laughs) I don't know that. (laughs) Oh, that's in Captain Hook. Oh, oh <laughs> I, you know, I listened to that maybe once or twice, but um, I haven't really gotten into Meg's new stuff. I still love her though. Yeah, you know, I, I'm a, you know, I'm a thought. And you know, I thought I was gonna have me a hot girl summer, but Girl, here we are. took that away, <laughs> took it away. But I needed it. I'm ready for um next summer if we, you know. Are open, I'll be done with school, and then I got all the time in the world to play around. So I'm excited for what's to come the dick that's to come, and all of that good stuff. Yeah, so I, you know, talking about Mark, talking about Todd, I there was a conversation on Twitter, and I've seen it, you know, other places or whatever, where they talk about women who date these guys who create these high sensations within within them like you know passion like um what is it like um I can't remember exactly the wording but basically like Mark represented the passion and the thrill and Tabitha was so attracted to this and then Todd represented security and somebody Mm. was saying that you need to date somebody that 
provides you with security versus someone that constantly excites you because that constant excitement actually wears on your body. Have you seen that? Where it's like, no, I haven't seen it. Like it's like, um, like all of that excitement, like the butterflies, um, the intense feelings that you feel are actually that's actually like your body, like fight or flight kind of. I have heard that. Yeah, from, so I that passionate, from, um, that passionate hi. person mm-hmm, that you're like mm-hmm. so crazy about is not necessarily the person that you need to be with. That's your body. Like all these things that you're feeling is your body warning you about this person. So do you like? buy into that like you need to date somebody that's safe because i to me sometimes i think we equate safe with being boring and mm-hmm. you know how she was just like you know he's cute it's something about him that i like but i don't feel the same things um mm, is that something that you need the passion the thrill and all that good stuff i need all of that i don't believe that those are mutually exclusive and mm-hmm. You know, because of what I chose in my career, I meet a lot of men who you you can say are quote unquote safe. Yeah. But, you know, I'm able to bond and we have excitement. You know, it's fun. Mm-hmm. So I really haven't experienced a whole bunch of that. Um, so I don't know. But I haven't really also explored that butterfly feeling. I know my ex of six years used to always he gave me butterflies the entire time. And I haven't really explored it in any other situation, but I want to pay attention to how my body responds when I'm around somebody or how my spirit feels when I'm around somebody. And it could be good in the beginning because you, you're you probably just there for a season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I want to pay more attention to, you know, how my body feels around someone. Mm-hmm. How about you? That's true. I'm thinking about it because I... Recently, I was in between two people. One person was like extremely safe and one person was extremely fun. And but I also felt safe with that person as well. There was also a level of comfort there. But I also went through like the butterflies where it was like, oh, my God, you know, is he going to like my outfit? We doing this, we doing that, you know, am I, you know, am I all together, you know, stuff. But I don't think that's the same as that fight or flight where it's like your body is like warning you. I think that's common. Like, but I don't know, like, is that supposed to dissipate? Like after a while, like eight months in, are you supposed to be like, oh, girl, that's my nigga. I'm putting on this slip dress. He, you know, I'm not worried about, you know, changing my outfit because I know he's going to like it regardless. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm still trying to learn my body and the messages that my body is telling me. And it's something new for me. So I still haven't really mm-hmm. explored that. And then I don't really date like that. Um, I just started dating 2019 after almost four years of not dating and not doing anything at all. So um, dating to me is fairly new again as this person that I'm becoming or this person that I am. So, uh, yeah, because back in the day, I wasn't listening to it. My body was telling me, girl, shit. I mean, but I've, I've, I've dated since I was like 18. I mean, it may have mm-hmm. been one, no, two, probably two one year breaks in between that, maybe. Um, but just listening to this whole conversation, I don't feel like we've lived enough. To be able to say, okay, this is how I feel. I know like 30 seems old to some people, you know, but I just, there's so many things that we need to learn in order to operate at our, at our best selves. And Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I'm, I'm there yet. I don't know if I'm supposed to be. (laughs) Like when you said you haven't done enough dating, I don't think I have either. I don't think so. I think, um, I did a lot of 
quote unquote dating, having sex and stuff in my twenties, like early twenties. But literally after my last relationship, the guy with the Skype and stuff like that, I literally took almost a four year break. And I mean, that was nothing at all. Like not even trying to date, not even, you know, entertaining at the least um, Mm -hmm. or whatever. So dating to me is new in my thirties because I'm not who I was, you know, back in the day. Um, a lot more responsible and stuff like that. But that makes me think about, so I put a question on IG about marriage and it came from XO Nicole. And it was like, if God gave you your spouse right now, would you be ready? And I put a poll and I said, yes or no. And that makes me think about Tabitha. Like she swore up and down, she was ready to get married. She didn't know nothing about Mark. Once you think about right. it. Mm-hmm. She didn't, you know, she didn't know anything about this man, anything about his family history and stuff like that. And alcohol, um, Kenya alcohol from Housewives, <laughs> and his name is Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Daly, but yeah, I not think, met that man's family. Mm, but that, I, you know, I was not a fan of Mark. Um, I know that Kenya is crazy and she do some things, but Mark was not it. Like. And something about him to me was just off. Like the child can't meet her grandparents and stuff like that. To me, that doesn't make any sense. And I don't know where, you know, that's coming from, how truthful, you know, that is if we really saw everything that we needed to see within their relationship. But I was not a fan. But that just made me think about her. It's like, girl, you're so ready to commit. You're so ready to run off and get married to this man. Like you said, they only spend weekends together. You don't know this man. You know, whatever. Y'all haven't really spent that much time. You don't know anything about his family. And alcoholism, that's something that um, is passed down. So, you know, him just about the drinks and stuff like that. Like, to me, I was like, so, girl, you never noticed that he be counting his drinks? Like, that's something I would notice if I'm dating somebody for a long period of time. I would be like, you always stop at three drinks. You always stop at four. You always, you know, like those are mm-hmm. things that I, because I studied the people that I'm with that I really like. Right. I feel like she was in La La Land. She didn't never put, you know, two and two together. So that kind of Their relationship me. was surface. It was very surface. Mm-hmm. Like she said, he looked good on paper. So the relationship looked good on paper. Her as a mm-hmm. newscaster, that's somebody you would think that she would be dating. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Someone that you would expect her to date. So I, mm. Mm. Did you feel like they were trauma bonding? Because I wrote that down about them. Like, once she Mark and Tabitha? Yeah, I wrote it down. I'm trying to think what made me actually write that down. Because Oh, when they probably when they they had sex. After that felt like trauma bonding. Like the night her grandmother died. Mm, Yeah. But I didn't I didn't feel like it was trauma bonding before because she didn't know anything. (laughs) Right, she didn't know about her grandfather, mm-hmm. and she didn't know about his shit either. But I don't think they were they were trauma bonding. I think they were both like, "Well, this looks good on paper." I don't right. think either of them right. really want each other. It's just like, "Well, this looks good on paper. This is what society says I'm supposed to like." Right, and the person is attractive. We have a you know decent chemistry, and mm, I you know I I wanted so much for Tabitha, but I was like, she is not making the right decisions. So I definitely would have, um, you know, dove more into Dr. Todd um, and what he had going Listen, on. Listen, right. Like. I'd have been with Dr. Todd that night. 
<laughs> exactly. Call him up. Like, I need you to come through. I need to talk to you. But, you know, maybe she didn't need to have sex with him too soon and stuff like that. But he was super caring to me, what I thought. So, but mm, how did you feel about her at work? Because I feel like that was a lot of the book, too. The conversation. So let me ask you. Now that I'm here at work, and it was so much that she faced at work, being a woman, being a black woman, did you understand? Did you take it the way that she took it, the conversation with her boss after she got the promotion? Because I understood where he was coming from. I did, too. And I, I didn't did. understand why I she did. was so hung up on the fact that he used those words, you know, with her. But I like, I feel I, like when he mm-hmm, he ahead. first started explaining it, it was it was coming off wrong. Rough, yeah. But I, I yeah, I could still see what he was trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of me wish he would have like not divulged all that information yeah <laughs> yeah it's just like you know i i want you he could have just said i want you to stand up for yourself more i I feel like when you were being talked over like you know feel free to stand up for yourself don't feel like you're gonna be the stereotypical black woman blah 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 this and that i didn't like that she didn't join the women's group she was instantly like oh i got other stuff to worry about like mm-hmm. that that is one of the things that you need to do when you get to a company in this corporate world join these we call them employee resource groups at my company, but there's so much networking that goes on on those groups. There's so much support, like when something happens, hey, go here. And the anchor is inviting you. Yes. Like, girl, do you want a job or not? Do you want a raise? Yeah. Or I, no? <laughs> I think she allowed, and I'm talking about the, this with my therapist now. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Like when negative events happen, you allow it to shape everything like you allow it to um you know basically take over and I feel like that's what she was doing so because she you know got pulled over that day because she um you know received that bad news in regards to like her health and stuff like that and then you know her running with Scott like she just allowed all of these bad things to kind of like blind her from these little rays of light that were coming in and yeah she didn't know much about you know, that lady, but I feel like at the level that she was at, where she was underneath this woman, if this woman that is at a, at a higher status is reaching out to me, talking to me, telling me that they want to include me within something, um, even if I'm not interested, I'm going to at least say, okay, that sounds good. Let me, I'm going to at least, you know, attempt to, you know, see what it's about before I'm just like, oh, you know, I can't do it. I just feel like she automatically, every time something bad would happen, she automatically went into this panic mode where she was like, I can't focus on nothing else but this bad, you know? Mm-hmm. And that to me, it was blocking a lot of her, a lot of her blessings and opportunities that she was having, especially the conversation with her boss. Like as soon as she got the information on, I should have hired Scott instead of you. She didn't hear nothing else. Nothing right. else in that conversation, like where he basically was saying, you know, I want to see you push to do more. Like, I want to see you, you know, stand up for yourself. And then they kept, well, I did understand this part um, where they were talking about, you know, if you do too much and you're the angry black woman, if you don't do enough, then, you know, you're basically like a pushover, which I understand. Cool. But I feel like if you're in a career, it's something that you're passionate about. You got to be yourself because if the lane is not there for you, your passion is going to create that lane. And Mm -hmm. I just felt like she, for me, it was like, like she wanted the job. She wanted to be there. 
you can't. I for me personally, I can't fake the funk for too long. It's not right. gonna happen. I, it's it's only so long mm-hmm. I can wear a mask, and I feel like especially at work somewhere where um you know people are on the news for like forever. So when you gonna be yourself, you know? And that was another thing. Her hair, like it was a lot of things where I feel like she was trying to mask and be someone else. The relationship, all these things that look good on paper versus just being herself. I feel like we never really got to know Tabitha for who she was. In the book. I wonder if that's going to be explored in the in the sequel. In the second book? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I like the way it ended. I'm glad we read this book while the sequel is already out. So we oh, can get is? right to it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Because, okay. yeah, it, it was like a, a while. Before, so people who read it when it first came out had to wait. And, like, mm. I'm glad that we read it. Because I've had it for a little bit. And the crazy thing is I heard some some bad reviews of it. But I really enjoyed it. I don't, so I don't know what people didn't like. Right. right. It's really though, good. Right. Even though it was fiction, it touched on a lot of truthful things that are going on now. Racism, sexism, you know, that whole black and white conversation that she had with her grandma. Like, these are real things. And, you know, fiction to me, sometimes it can get a little lost in translation where it's a little too dreamy. Mm-hmm. But this was spot on. Like, that Tabitha is me. Layla is right. me. You know, Alexis is right. me. You know, so I don't understand how it could get a bad review. Now the font was small. I will say that I, I got the the paperback and man, I was like, uh, hello, <laughs> am I going to be able to read this? <laughs> you know? Um, and that was a little bit frustrating, but other than that, it was a beautiful book. I felt like it was amazing for her first time. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't complain about it at all. Yeah. I enjoyed it too. Mm-hmm. So maybe the sequel can be what we read after. I wonder. I literally set up to midnight um, the night that I finished this to uh, finish this book because I was so wrapped up in it. And I felt like it was, you know, just that good. Like, I feel like it's a book like I can go back to. And I had my friend order it. You know, I was like, you need to get this book. Like, these things that we're talking about is the things that's going on in this book. You need to get this book. I feel like it um, gives, like, a very good perspective, you know, and makes you explore things that you may not be thinking about because you might be in these certain situations. Right. Fiction is is very powerful, just like nonfiction is. So I'm a huge nonfiction reader. And because of this book club and some of the other things that I do, I've been reading more fiction. Mm -hmm. And I get some of the same life lessons from both. Because you got to think about it, the author is a lot of times putting life lessons that they've seen or experienced Mm -hmm. in the book. Um, And I felt like this book was full of them. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's how how I feel too. I feel like um, when I write, I always, I mean, I write fiction, so... I'm always giving how I feel to my characters, always giving the conversations like um, this guy, I cannot remember his name. Um, he talked yesterday on Twitter. He was talking about, you know, why do you write? And uh, one of the things that I said was to have those hard conversations, you know, with myself and with other people. So mm-hmm. as I'm writing, you know, I'm exploring things that I may not necessarily understand about myself, may not understand about other people, may not understand about like certain situations that I find myself in. But I'm able to allow my characters to explore those things. Because guess what? I don't like what's going on. I can backspace. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so like um, where I tend to overthink things, I put that in my writing to where I kind of give it to 
my characters versus kind of carrying it for myself. And I feel like authors do that a lot, you know, in fiction. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But this, this was good. This, mm-hmm. this is a five star for me. Yes, I did. Market is a five star as well. Was there anything else? So we still getting our hair, you know, dyed. Was it fried dyed or laid to the side? To side. Yeah. No, I think. I think I'm ready. You can take the little the little thing the off K-pop. my neck. The, little, the K-pop. Yeah. Okay. And that whatever they tie around your neck, the that white thing, that white strip. Yeah, that little. You can take that off. <laughs> all right. So, I'm good. you know, the setting spray, all of that is being sprayed. We're done. And we're, work, we're walking out of the salon. So now we feel good. We feel, you know, sexy, Beyonce, whoever we want to be um, for that day for as long as that hairstyle lasts. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And walking out, are there any final thoughts, any takeaways that you have from the book that you, anytime somebody brings this book up to you, this is something that you're going to mention? Um, For me, and I'm, I, when I read a book, I typically like to recommend it to a certain group. So I would recommend this to insecure fans or anybody who feels societal pressure mm-hmm. to jump into things that we are not ready for. Mm, okay. Mm. What about you? That's heavy. Because that just made me think about my playlist. Um, <laughs> honestly, I think that overall, a takeaway, maybe just going back to what we talked about in the beginning, people are human. People are going to make mistakes. I think that life is all about learning who you are in different phases. And we literally got to meet Tabitha as a child, Tabitha as an adult, you know, her and her best friends as they were teenagers and her grandma, you know, at this old age and Gretchen at this old age. And we got to see the differences between people, you know, within these age groups. So what I loved about that is what you always say, like, we're not a monolith. Like, you can actually be all of these things. So I felt like all of these things that were going on could apply to one person, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of what, you know, stuck with me. Like, as we go through life and go through, like, these changes and stuff like that, there's things, there are going to be growing pains. And I felt like that's kind of what hit Tabitha all at once, like the death of her grandma. You know, her grandma was her security net. You know, Mark was her security net. All these things that looked so good on paper for her, she kind of lost. And she now, I feel like in the second book, it's going to be more of her finding herself because I feel like mm-hmm. she didn't really know who she was. So um, someone was talking about, somebody shared with me on Instagram today about like your, like your spiritual and your healing journey and stuff like that. Like it's never ending. It's a continuous cycle. So once you heal one part of yourself and stuff like that, or you overcome this one hardship, there's something else. Like it's a continuous motion. You are never done, you know, with the job. So I did love that about the book. And I feel like the second book is kind of going to give us that piece where we get to kind of see where she's more understanding of that this mm-hmm. cycle is not, it's never, you know, the finish line is not necessarily there. Right, right. So that's how it's I thought never, about the book. Yeah, we're never, we're never done growing. Mm-mm. No, so I appreciate it. I loved it. You know, I, I had nothing bad to say because usually I'm really like iffy about like trying um, new authors, but mm-hmm. yeah, I appreciate the fact that I actually took the time to do this one. So 
Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. And if there is nothing else, then we are going to move on to the music segment. And I am going to be honest. I did not put a playlist together for this book. <laughs> Was it hard? Um, Was it hard to get a vibe? No, I honestly did not think about it because I was rushing to finish it. Okay. So this past week was um, my summer break. And the only thing that I focused on was putting the um, episode together, writing down my takeaway points. And because it was so much in the book, there was literally like in every chapter was so much going on. I had to take so many breaks. It was like, did this really happen? You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, things that we didn't even touch on and we've been talking for a while and there's right. things that we didn't even touch on, you know, that happened in the book. And, um, you know, this for this past week for me was all about relaxation. So I, it completely skipped my mind, but as we were talking and you were talking about like the age, like, um, the groups where you would recommend this book and SZA 20 something popped in my head. So that would be my song oh, for okay. the playlist because I, I, I absolutely song? love that song. Okay. Yes. Um, for me, so I did put a playlist together, but I just kind of okay. set one day. And like you, last week was all about relaxation. That's why I was like, we mm-hmm. not record until after the holiday <laughs> that we shall not name. Um, yeah. so I was like, I'm getting, I'm getting my break. But I was like, this is giving me like a Mary J. Blige vibe. Because, you know, Mary has, we've okay. been through so many airs with her. Mm-hmm. So my whole playlist is Mary. Mm-hmm. My whole playlist. But um, let me see. Let me pick a song if I have okay. to choose. And that's so funny because yesterday I was in a Mary mood and I was listening to, uh, what is the one with um, Seven Days? Is it seven days? Or I'm thinking about Tony Braxton. No, missing you and um all of that is I can love you is all on the album. Oh, you're talking um, about um Share My World. Yes, yes. That's my favorite. You're, you're, you're thinking about the song with the person we shall not name. Who? <laughs> cool. R. Kelly is not on that Monday one. you win. Well, he wrote that one. That's his oh, song. Oh, missing you though. That's- is it missing you or is it um I'm not in Girl, look, Mary. I'm sorry. That whole girl. album, so I don't know. Okay, <laughs> look, let me see. I need to look um, it up. I can't be out here. Not the way I be talking about music. I'm over here messing up. I think "Take Me As I Am." Okay, I like that. It would be the song. Yeah, because yeah. everybody is like, "This is who they are." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's yeah. it's all married. It's all married. Really? And I, I feel that. I feel, I definitely feel that. I feel like when her and Mark went through that conversation, the initial conversation or the breakup or whatever, I feel like that could have been um what the lover and secretary. Why don't I know the names of these songs? Oh, yeah. I'm not going to cry. That's yes, definitely on my list. Cry. <laughs> uh, that was for her mama and oh, Lexi. <laughs> That was for who? Oh, Lord. <laughs> yep, I was like, yes, I got to have a cheating song on here. Yeah, Share My World is the perfect Mary album. I feel like that that goes well with the uh, the book. I love that. I did not think about Mary J. Blige. I didn't think about it a lot. So over this um, week, I will be adding to, I'm going to hit shuffle on my music and um, you know decide what I feel fit. Um, yeah, this was the hardest one for me creating a list, um, a playlist for it though. I didn't even honestly it skipped my mind. 
<laughs> it really skipped my mind. But we're going to move on. And Tamika is going to announce the next book. So the next book is going to have a hot girl summer theme. It is called Judge This Cover by Brittany Renner. That's a.k.a. Bundle of Brittany across all of your social media. And this book details the experiences of a woman whom some love and others love to hate. It's a behind the scenes look into her life. Some may categorize and prejudge without knowing her story, but here's her truth. Written in a raw and real voice with wittiness and humor, Brittany allows you to walk a mile in her shoes. Depending on your appetite for truth and reality, this book may make you laugh, cry, cringe, or all the above. <laughs> you should never judge a book by its cover. And this is pretty much like the Superhead version in the 2000s. I mean, it's not as big, but and I don't know if she drops literal names, but I heard you can figure out who she's talking about. So bring on the mess. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. I was telling Tamika before we started recording that um, I literally, the front of the book is enough, you know, but um, today while I was moving my things around, um, preparing for class, I happened to see the back of the book and homegirl is tooted up, you know, the booty is tooted up and she has an apple perched um, right between the cheeks. And I was not expecting that. So um, I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be um you know, fun to just kind of read something a little bit messy, some smut stuff to kind of relax the brain and be like, okay. But I'm excited. I haven't started reading it, so I'm excited, though. Yeah, and it's, I think it's a hundred and something pages. It's not long, and then the book is only only $3, and that's whether you're buying the physical copy or the Kindle copy. I think I saw earlier that the physical copy was now like $2.79. Uh, okay. um, and that's on, that's on Amazon, but there'll be a link on the website once the episode debuts. Yes, and do you have anything for the bulletin board? Yes, I do. So um, as always, check out Support Black Authors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook or go to supportblackauthors.com. We are always posting deals. There are a lot of deals right now on books, Kindle versions for like a dollar through five dollars. Um, especially if you need like you're trying to read more black authors and you're trying to get hip to some folks. There will be an option for that. We are still selling the planner and the planner is now digital. So if you want a PDF version, a Kindle version or an EPUB version, that's now an option. Um, and we now have giveaways on Friday. So um, if you're looking for a good book, you know, enter the giveaway. Um, what else we got going on? Oh, on my page, um, Tamiki, I... As always, give out books every month. So go ahead and head over to my Instagram and you can find the link to join my newsletter and you can be entered to to win gifts. I should be giving out three in July and that newsletter will be out soon. Um, you can just also just keep tabs on my social media to see when I drop the books that will um, will be given away. Unfortunately, the book that we read this month, I had a Kindle version, so won't be giving out that one. <laughs> yes, but I have mine. Um, maybe we can coordinate that. I'm trying to think if I want to give it away or not, because mm -hmm. I need to uh, figure out what I'm going to do with these books. So maybe that's something that we can discuss. Um, and I did get The Yellow House. So thank you so much. Um, oh, yeah. You're welcome. Yes. Um, 
I actually entered to win and I won. So, and it wasn't rigged. No. <laughs> um, this is the first time that I won after months. I think I've tried to do it maybe two times before um, and I didn't win. So this is the first time that I won. So I did actually get um, that book and I'm excited to start reading it. I have so many new books that I purchased. So um, it's kind of at the end of my list as far as um, what I'll be trying to read. But um, as far as me and the bulletin board goes, um, as last time, I'm on medium Ingrid Marseille. And I will, by the time we air this, I'll have something new up. I think I have three posts so far. And one of them is new. Two of them are um, old, one unreleased. So it's some stuff over there. I'm going to add some more stuff. So Okay. Yeah. And I'm working on a well, book. Oh, y'all. So let me tell you. I was on Twitter, and this is what I love about the internet. This is what I love about Twitter. If you guys do not know, I'm a big fan of Terry McMillan, big fan of Eric Jerome Dickey, like the the household names in fiction I absolutely love. And Terry McMillan tweeted something about her writing 12 pages. And I have tweeted her before, never gotten a response, never looking for a response. I'm just, you know, engaging, whatever. And I mm-hmm. said I wrote two sentences and closed my laptop. Do you know Terry McMillan sent me a tweet and basically told <gasps> me to take my ass up off my shoulders and get up off my ass and write, and I need to put my heart into it. So I'm working on a book. <laughs> and it's so crazy because I did a reading um, with um, – a friend, well, somebody I know from um, Valdosta, and she basically was like, she had like packed up some books, and she happened to have like my poetry book, or not poetry book, but my little um, bedtime story book that I did um, with her at the time, and she was like, you need to uh, be putting more into this. So I got confirmation, you know, within like the span of maybe a few days, one, you know, on the spiritual side and one on the literal, like. Mm-hmm. Bitch, get your ass upside. And I have never, ever, and I was like, well, damn, it's Terry McMillan telling me to get up. Guess what? I'm getting up. So I'm working on something. Yeah, I dedicate the book to her. I got, <laughs> hello. Look, I got to put the tweet in there, screenshot it, all that great stuff. Because um, I literally was not looking for any engagement. Literally, it was just, you know, talking about my experience. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I think I wrote. Okay, two sentences turn into two pages. They won 12 pages, but um, I'm actually committing to doing it. So hopefully um, by next year, because I'm not trying to put no pressure on myself. I'm still in school. Uh, Right. That's something Miss McMillan did not know that you were in school. (laughs) Very much real in the, you know, real in the field. And, um, uh, you know, this is my senior year. So, but I would love to publish another book. This would be my third and my second actual like novel. So I'm excited. I'm um, excited about the, um, excuse me, creative process. So, yeah. But in the meantime, your right. medium is, you know, where you can find me. I know. And now that I said it, I have to do it. So. Oh, yeah. You put it on the universe. <laughs> but I really enjoyed one of Ingrid's books that I read. Which one did I read? Probably the, uh, was it the Bedtime The ones that connect. They were connected to the songs. Yeah. So that's the Bedtime Stories. I, okay. you know, that novel that I wrote. I feel like I did not do Joan justice that she was my um the main character in the book and I wanted to rewrite that her story. I wanted to give her something more. So I'm always thinking about her and what I want to do. Um when me and my friends discuss her like she's an actual person. Um Ooh. 
it's crazy, like the way like me and her talk about Joan. Um, so I want to give Joan a second chance at love and finding true love and it not having to be hard. So um, I definitely always think about her and I always think about rewriting. Well, not necessarily rewriting because what happened happened, but um, just giving her a second chance at love. So definitely want to do okay. something with the that the first book that I did too. So yeah. And thank you for reading my bedtime stories. <laughs> You're welcome. I really enjoyed it. I, and I'm glad that we were able to bring that here where we connect song with literature. Yes, yes, yes. Putting it into the universe and the universe giving it back. <laughs> right, right. Yes. Well, guys, that is it. I hope you guys are staying safe, um, taking a, you know appropriate precautions, taking care of yourselves. And I have nothing else. Tamika, do you have anything else? No, I don't have anything else. Just again, stay safe. Um, stop going out to the clubs. Oh yeah, you know, wear your mask, wash your ass. That's hey, it. wear your mask, wash your ass. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a. That could be a. <laughs> okay, clearly I'm tired, <laughs> but that could be a song. Okay, um, yeah. So, and you know what? Something I realized is we're getting close to our first One year. year. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. September. I was looking and I was like, oh, bitch, we've really been doing this thing for um, a year and it's been a fun ride. So I can't wait to see what's, you know, in store for the future. But for right now, the meantime, in between time, you know, y'all take care of yourselves. Thank y'all so much for listening and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.